Yeah, it's good to, good to be back in action. Um, as Matt said, we, the series is titled The Spirit of Jesus, and a lot of, a lot of our, um, all of our heart is really just to see Jesus um, completely unplugged, um, unfiltered, I guess, uh, to, um, to allow him to speak directly to our hearts that we might receive uh, what he has for us, um, rather than um, um, talking for the sake of talking, just coming with, with hearts that are open and longing to receive uh, all that he has for us, exploring uh, who he is as he presents himself, not as we would uh, hope to present him. Um, so it's good. We're carrying on. We've been going through the Beatitudes, and uh, Matt, Matt looked at, uh, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit uh, the kingdom uh, two weeks ago. And tonight, uh, we've got blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uh, for they will be filled. Now, um, s- probably straight off the bat, um, kids, kids help in these spaces of, of really showing where uh, where things are hard to understand and to, to get a grasp of. I was on the way here um, just just before and we picked up some chips for my little um, 22-month-old son. And uh, obviously, because I'd been reflecting on Jesus' words, uh, he, he, was, he was looking at the box and he was hungry. And so he pointed at the box and I said, oh, you want, you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness, aren't you? Uh, to which he replied, chippies. And um, so there's, there's an element that, you know, Jesus is using everyday language, things that we know very well, and yet somehow to translate it from the basic meaning of, okay, I'm, I'm hungry, this is what I want, or, or um, um, I'm poor in spirit, or, or I'm mourning, or to translate that to, okay, well, then this, this second part, um, um, how, how is it that I'm hungry for righteousness? And if, if normal food, uh, when I'm hungry, I, I pretty much just go and grab it. Uh, how do I go and grab righteousness? Um, you know, th- there's a whole heap of things that, yes, it's so simple. The words of Jesus are so simple. But there's an aspect of it that just will, um, it just defies uh, our own ability to reason and, and get something for ourselves. Matt really covered that really well in terms of meekness two weeks ago. Um, we, uh, the meek do not take, they, they do not take for themselves, uh, they receive uh, what, is, what is given, they receive uh, what is on offer. And there's no, there's no movement, there's no um, um, pride or ability to just grab something f- to, for it to be your own possession. Um, and yet, in, in, in meekness, there's, there's a real clarity that um, all of a sudden, um, all things become uh, open to us. Uh, hunger, uh, if, we, if we do like a, I think I've got like a glossary of terms, uh, which, is, which is pretty much just the verse anyway. Um, but but it, I think it'll be helpful to just go, okay, well, what, what isn't? What isn't it? Do you know what I mean? There's probably a negative aspect of just defining things because... If we, if we think of just normal food, there's certain things that just don't, don't cross over. Um, but there are things that do. Uh, if, if you can think of hunger, 
uh, probably you might be hungry now. It's something that you either have or you don't. Uh, there's no sense of um, getting hunger. Do you know what I mean? Jesus, in, in all of the things we've been covering, uh, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those uh, who, who are poor in spirit, blessed are those who, um, what's the one that I did? Um, oh, no, I did mourn. Blessed are the meek. Um, there's, for, we've, we've kept saying this. You can't go out and then try and, make those things happen in you so that you can be blessed, right? You, you can't, you shouldn't, in fact. We, we, would, we would agree with that intuitively. You shouldn't go out and try to mourn or, or do things that would make you mourn. Uh, that, would be, that would be ridiculous. Um, and so here, it's the same. You, you, either, you either are hungry or you're not. Hunger, we, we know that sense of it. Um, there's, there is something very fascinating about these things that we've been covering. In fact, I think, I think it defies reason and it's, it's revolutionary in a way. Um, when, we, when we think of the, the, the nature of what Jesus is calling us into, um, let's, if, if we looked at meekness, um, there's, there's not a sense that we should ever not be meek, right? It's like he's inviting us into something um, and then there's, a, there's a, a response, so blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. Um, and then they, they become, in, in one sense, a possessor of all things. At that point, they don't stop becoming meek. Like, we, 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 would, we would agree with that. In heaven, uh, there's still meekness, I, I, I hope. I think we, that, that, that's a given, um, it's harder, though, when you talk about things that um, we would see as intrinsically um, bad, perhaps. Um, we, if you were to say, okay, there's, there's mourning in heaven, you would go, no, no, there's not. There's not mourning in heaven. And, and though we, um, we touched on this um, a bit, I think... It was, it was even harder to get that across with the idea of mourning, but I think it's a little bit easier um, with hunger. Um, in one sense, in heaven there will be no hunger, but in another sense there will be. Uh, I don't know if you, can, if you can track with me on this, but uh, if you think of hunger um, as, as desire... Uh, in this case, a desire for righteousness, a hunger for righteousness. There's a real sense that, yes, all things will be righteous in heaven, but there will still be a desire for righteousness. And I think that's a good thing. There'll, there'll still be a, an overwhelming desire that's, that's continually fulfilled. In, in a very clear sense, the, um, the desire and the fulfillment of the desire are constantly together. That's the beauty of it. We, we, we find that hard in our in our time-constrained world to think of, of the possibility of that. How is it possible um, for, uh, for hunger and for satisfaction to be always met at the exact same time? Perhaps think of this. When you're, when you're very hungry, you really want to eat a meal, um, and there's, there's, this, this, there's this incredible sense of satisfaction as you begin to eat. Um, that incredible sense of satisfaction is not there when you've overeaten, uh, and afterwards you're going... I'm, I'm full now, I'm, I'm no longer hungry, but this, doesn't, this is not good, 
this doesn't feel good. This is, um, there's, there's nothing left, you know, except to sleep. That's what we feel, right? It's like if you have a big lunch, you, you're, you're meant to continue working. The food was meant to be energy to you, but all you want to do is go and sleep. Um, there's a real sense where, where desire is not removed in heaven. It's just always fulfilled. That's the beauty of it. Desire is, is not absent, and yet it's never lacking its fulfillment. Does that, does that sort of make a bit of sense? In that way, um, while, I, while I know that there, we will never be in a state of lack uh, in heaven, uh, we will constantly be hungry and always being fed uh, in the joy of that, uh, experiencing the fullness of that. And so, th- that, with that in mind, there's a clear way that hunger, the hunger that Jesus is talking about is not like the hunger that we're used to, the hunger for food. It's not, it's not cyclical. It's not a, um, oh, I, I feel hungry and then I, I eat food and then I'm not hungry anymore. Um, there's a separation there that, that is not present um, for God in what Jesus is talking about here. It's the same, it's the same for meekness, for mourning, uh, for, for, for hunger. There's the, the things that Jesus is saying are eternal statements. Uh, his words are life and spirit. And so, so somehow there's something that's almost ridiculous in the statement that doesn't make sense to our everyday experience and yet is very true that he's calling us into. If you think along the lines of what Matt was talking about um, last week, if it, if it were like, if it were like food, um, it would mean, okay, well... Um, we're, we're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, and then as soon as you, you um, get righteousness, then you're not hungry anymore, and then you go into a state of, of um, non-movement, you don't do anything until you're hungry again, and then you, and then you fill yourself up on it again. And, and, and that, that cyclical nature is not what Jesus is talking about. Um, perhaps it makes more sense in terms of meekness. You know, if... if, if um, it, Jesus says, um, you know, blessed are those, um, he doesn't say blessed are those, but, but in fact, it's the exact same thing. You know, those who humble themselves will be exalted. Um, it would be ridiculous to think that um, if, it's, if it's blessed to be meek, because then you will inherit, or blessed to be humble, because then you'll be exalted, then to say that when you're exalted, you're no longer humble would be completely ridiculous, because then that would imply you'd have to go back down right? You'd have to, you'd, you'd always be trying to fight against being exalted. God's trying to exalt. You're fighting against it. You're wanting to remain humble because that's what's going to exalt you. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's a real contradiction there. In the same way, this, this, is, this is inherent. This is, what, this is some, probably a bit of, it, it's a glossary of terms for that reason. There's, there's a bit of background that needs to be understood is when he's talking about hunger um, for righteousness, he's he's not talking about something that 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 is is cyclical, where where you're filled up and then you and then you come back down and then you and then you fill up again and then you come back down. 
the righteousness, if, if we're thinking of the, of the actual meat of the, of, of the or, or bread if you're vegan, um, uh, of, of this statement that Jesus is talking about, um, the, the righteousness aspect, the very thing that, that we, we should be hungry for, that he's, that he's calling us um, to recognise, a, a hunger for righteousness, that righteousness... Um, cannot be something that we grab for ourselves. He's saying, blessed, um, if you hunger, if you have the hunger, but he's not, he's not calling you to go and get righteousness for yourself. In the same way that Matt talked about meekness, there's no sense of, 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 of seeing what's, what's good and what's right in the externals of things and then going out and then conforming your life to that. He's not, he, he's not saying that that's what it is to be blessed. It's not... He's not saying it's blessed if you go out and do the right things because that would be to, um, to, to draw righteousness to yourself, to try and be a possessor of righteousness. That would, that would be what we call self-righteousness. You know, you see what's good and, and you and your own power go and do that and therefore you attribute righteousness to yourself. There's something inherent to righteousness that means that we have to come to it empty-handed. We, we have to be hungry um, to receive it. And it's not something that we can uh, reach out and appropriate for ourselves. Uh, for some reason, this, uh, this memory came back to me uh, of... Uh, a sense of, of, of wanting to be able to do something well uh, as a kid, uh, and that was playing a particular video game. Uh, you know, I, this thought comes to you of going, if, if I could just be really good at this video game, I would never have to um, go, you know, go to um, checkpoints, I'd never die and then have to do, do things again. I'd just like, go through and be able to enjoy everything as I, as I go straight through it. Um, we, I got a PlayStation when I was young, and it didn't come with a memory card, which sounds crazy today, that there were these little things called memory cards, uh, and it was an eight megabyte memory card. And what that meant was that if you didn't have the memory card, which it didn't come with, so the first few days that I had this, probably more than days, because um, uh, my parents didn't want to invest in a memory card, which was obviously not important to them. Um, but for the first few days, I had this video game that I was playing, and it meant that if I wasn't prepared, and I wasn't allowed to anyway, spend 20 hours to finish the game in one sitting, I'd have to start again straight away once the console got, got um, switched off. I had to start again. And this desire to just be able to, to be good, to be able to just inherently know, know have, have this know-how, this, this sense of being able to navigate, just, just was there. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it, uh, and it was frustrating. Um, to me, and so you ne I needed to get this memory card, which you could uh, get to a certain point, and then you could save it. And then even if you you went a little bit further and you and you failed, uh, instead of going all the way back to the beginning of the game, you would just start uh, at that point. Uh, in a way, it's sort of like it's sort of like cheating. It's like you can you can um, you can finish the game 
and you can feel good about having finished the game, you would always like talk to your friends about, yeah, I, f I finished that. Do you know what I mean? That, that game was easy or whatever. Uh, and they don't see the number of times that you're dying and just rehearsing everything. Um, but but there's, there was a real sense there that uh, I, I, I couldn't do it, um, but there's, there's a way I can sort of get, get around it. Uh, as soon as I got the memory card, the desire to, to actually be good at the game dissolved. Uh, there was no sense that I, sh I, I need to be good at it, I can just keep this on repeat uh, and, and cycle through it. There's a, there's, a, there's a very real way that we can abandon our hunger for righteousness uh, because when we think of what righteousness is, we, we have, I, I, I truly believe this, we all have a desire for righteousness. We all have a hunger for righteousness. Um, and it's more than just being able to look good on the surface. That, that comes, I know, and, 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 and we're caught up in that too, but, but deeper than that, there is a desire to actually be right at our very core, at the center of who we are. Not to have to worry about um, um, whether we will be able to or won't be able to, but just to actually move through life and know that there is a source of righteousness within us that, that will mean that, that we are overcomers in this world, that, that, that we're not um, thrown about by the circumstances of life. There is a real desire for that. But there are ways in this life of cheating that desire um, of, of making, up, making up things, sometimes ourselves, a lot of the times um, ways given to us, of, of, of settling for something less than that, of actually going, oh, well, righteousness, it, it's not the main thing. It's not the main thing. The, you know, we, we can sort of coast through life and... Um, and, and trust in God, do you know what I mean? There's an element, okay, we'll trust in God, but we'll just coast, coast through life. There's no, there's no desire for righteousness. And that would contradict straight away what Jesus is saying here. There has to be hunger, right? The hunger is necessary. The hunger for righteousness is necessary for being filled. And it's being filled. Uh, of course, if the hunger is for righteousness, the filling is with a righteousness. Not a righteousness that we've obviously tried to implement, but a righteousness that, that comes to us, that is received. And so if we think of being filled, we cannot disconnect that from hunger. We can't do that. And so I thought it would be good to... Um, go through a passage where I think Jesus um, defines all these things very well. It's, 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 it's in and around John 6, and it's talking about food, it's talking about um, hunger, it's talking about righteousness. It, it brings all these things together, and, it, and, and they center on Jesus. Jesus is the one speaking these words, uh, in, in Matthew, where he's saying, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And Jesus is the one speaking these words in John 6. So it might be good to go there. So John 6, verses 47 to 51. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down out of heaven so that anyone may eat from it and not die. I am, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats from this bread, he will live forever and the bread which I will give for the life of the world also is my flesh. There's an there's incredible verse there, verse 49. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. There's a, there's a very um, clear implication here that Jesus is talking about the ancestors of the Israelites. They're ones who... Uh, knew all the power of God in one sense. They, they saw his, uh, his power in Egypt, his mighty hand. He saw uh, his power in saving them. Uh, he saw his provision in giving them uh, daily manna, bread from heaven, uh, and, and quail, and providing water f- for them through, um, through the rock. And so these aren't people who are completely ignorant of God. Uh, they, they know God to a degree. Uh, in fact, they know their dependence on him to a degree. And they are calling out continually for him to satisfy and to fill them. And the interesting thing that Jesus says is they, they ate, right? They ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. Very, very simple statement. Um, and I don't know if that, if, if that, um, that, that hit me, I, I don't know if that hits you at all, to think that there, there's, there are ways that we can be in contact with God, um, have, have a, a semblance of, of relationship with him, and, and where we do see him come through for us, where we do see him um, 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 actively uh, saving us and bringing things into our lives. But where that food doesn't become the food that he longs for it to be, and it just beca- it's just food that perishes, we, we die. We're, we're not receiving the fullness that he has for us. We're not receiving the eternal life that he has for us. There's a way that we can receive from God in a way that is temporary and is not leading to eternal life. And it's not because of a deficiency in what God is giving, it's a deficiency in the hunger. There are things that we find we, we desire and we want and, and we prioritize these things at the expense of the hunger for righteousness it's very easy to do. It's very easy to do. And it starts right from the beginning. That was Andy. Do you know what I mean? He wants his chippies. That's, that's it. Do you know what I mean? Th- th- there's an overriding principle that's, that's I, need, I need food to live for today. Give me the food now to satisfy my hunger. Um, we, we talked about this at one of our prayer um, nights a few, a few weeks ago, actually. Matt, Matt mentioned... Uh, the, the widow in the Old Testament who, who's not an Israelite and who's on her, um, there's a famine in the land and she, she doesn't have, she has very little, 
very little oil, sort of, sort of like three, three drops of oil, um, which, which is enough to make enough bread for her and her child. And this is what, this is what it actually says, you know what I mean? She, this is what she says. Elijah, the, the prophet, comes to her, and he says, make, make me some bread. And she's like, look, I don't, I don't have anything. I'm just gathering sticks right now, sticks to go and make a fire, and then I'm going to use my last little bit of oil, and we're going we're gonna to eat, and then we're going to die. And you might go, well, just, just get on with it. Like, don't have another, why, why, pro, why prolong the inevitable? Why have one more meal and then just die? What, like, what, what, what's the sense in that? Do you know what I mean? It's almost like, okay, well, you, you, you know what's going to come, but, 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 but here's, here's some food to, to try and extend whatever semblance of life it is, which is not even going to satisfy it, but it's still going to leave you hungry, and it's just going to prolong that, that, that hunger until you die. And yet, Elijah comes into that situation with something that is so far beyond living in that way. He comes with an abundance. He comes with uh, something that, that breaks the bounds of human logic, something that, that, that cannot be comprehended by the intellect. And yet, it's, it's, it's the very nature of who God is that he's longing to communicate, even to us tonight. What happens to that woman is she, she um, by faith, uh, listens to Elijah. Elijah says, go, go home, you'll, bake for me, don't worry about yourself, bake for me, and you'll have, you'll have more than enough. Go, go around, get as many um, um, pitchers as you can, and, and then just start pouring the oil out. And she does that, and the oil just keeps going and going and going. And to the extent that she had pitchers, it continued to flow until the last pitcher was filled, and then... In, it stopped. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. Jesus is calling us with a hunger to recognize something that is, is ready to be fulfilled in the instant of faith. If the hunger is there, and the heart turns towards him. It, this is not something that is to be fulfilled in the future. There is eternal life in the present. The righteousness that comes, comes in the instant of belief. There's no, t there's no time separation in eternity. Eternity transcends time. Think of all the, the, the months and, and the process that's required to make oil. And yet in an, in an instant, everything is provided for. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The meekness which inherits the earth is not, is not a meekness that you sort of do your time now in meekness and then, and then afterwards you inherit the earth. No, the two come together. In the meekness, as your heart goes out in faith, all things become yours now. You inherit the earth now. The hunger to be, to be right, to have the very life of God at the center of who we are is a desire that we have now and it is something to be filled now.
not by our taking, not by our reasoning, not by our ability to grab it for ourselves, but to be received. His words are spirit and life. What does it mean? What does it mean to to feed on righteousness? What does it mean to be hungry for that? John 4, 34 says this. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Jesus has said this in another place as well where with with the Samaritan woman, uh, the, the disciples are hungry and they go to get food and Jesus spends time with the Samaritan woman. They come back and they expect him to be hungry and he says, I have food that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. How do we enter into this, into this place of of, of feasting? How do we enter into this place of, of eating the food that comes from heaven? We could take this, right? We could, we could take even that verse and say, okay, well, it's to do the will of God. And in the, in the externals, try and understand what the will of God is and then to apply ourselves to do that and then expect to receive food by doing that. But, but that's, not, that's not the process here. That's, that's already entering into that thinking of, well, these are the things that I have to do and then I go and do them and then I'll get the thing that I need. It's frustrating in a way. I, like I, I really sense a frustration um, um, in the people. I, I feel that frustration, in fact. As Jesus speaks these words, it's like, what, is it, what does it mean to, 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 to get that thing that I know that I need? What, what is it? I just need to grab it. And yet he's saying, blessed are you if you hunger for it. It's like, I, I, I do, I do. Now, 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 how do I grab it? How do I get it? And yet in the hunger is the blessedness. In John 8, 51, Jesus says this, truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone follows my word, he will never see death. And again, it can't be, it can't be that in the externals, we, we, all we hear is do these things and then we do them and expect to have righteousness, expect to have eternal life based on the doing of those things. John 6, 26 to 28. Jesus says to the, to the Pharisees, actually to people who are following him, disciples in fact, he says, truly, truly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate some of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him the Father God has set his seal. Therefore, they said to him, what are we to do so that we may accomplish the works of God? 
You see, they're, they're following his trajectory. Jesus is saying, my, my food is to do the will of the Father, um, do, doing the works of him who sent me. And so they're going, okay, yep, this is the process. Now, now okay, we're, we're, we're wanting the thing that you have on offer. We're wanting eternal life. So, okay, I, I don't know if you feel that question. I, like, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to answer it. I want to answer it. But, but, but I'm ending up with the same place where they're at over here. Do you know what I mean? They're going, okay, okay, but... but but what do, we, what do we need to do so that we can accomplish the works of God? Because that will be eternal life. I don't know if you feel that frustration. Please don't make it frustration at me. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to follow the thing that Jesus is saying here. I have food you know not of. My food is to do the will of my Father. If we keep going, actually, there, Jesus answered that question. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, what then are you doing as a sign? Because there's a frustration in belief. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, I believe but, but what am I believing? How does, that, how does that effective for me? What are you going to do as a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work are you performing? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Next. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. I feel, I feel my heart crying out that to him. And, in, and yet in the simplicity, all he's saying is, believe, right? That's what he's saying. How? How do we believe? What's he going to do for us to, to help and make us believe? John 6.35, the following verse. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will not be hungry and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. I, I do not know how to get around the frustration of that. I don't, I don't know how. Jesus is not, he's not dodging the question He's, he's actually answering the question. He's answering it so directly that something in us, our, our, our intellect and our, 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 um, the way that we've always done life has meant that, that there's got to be process and there's got to be a way that I can get this. Tell me the steps and I will do it. And then Jesus talks about works and he talks about doing the will of the Father 
And then we, and then we, then it, it almost engages us again, and we're like, "Yep, okay." So then, what, what is it? And then he says, "It's believe on me." And and then we go, "Oh, what does that mean? How do I, how do I do that?" In verse forty, this is the will of my Father, which He's doing. Right, this is His life, this is His eternal life to do the will of His Father. This is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise Him up on the last day. You see, Jesus' fulfilling of the will of His Father, it's not a seeing of the things that, that, that God wants. It's not, a, it's not a hearing of the things that God wants and then Him going about and doing it and then Him, him feeling fulfilled in that. No, the very will is that he be who he is. Does that make sense? The very will of God is that he be, that Jesus be who he is. And that is a, a, a image, a, a reflection, a, uh, an empty vessel filled with all of his father. Just filled. No sense of, okay, well, That's what my father looks like. I've got to try and do that. But a receiving of the nature, an ease in receiving the very nature of his father. And then in him being to us everything that his father is. That's that's the will of God. And if that's the will of God for him, I I, I, I want you to get this. I want you to... in, in all its vagueness, don't, don't worry about the vagueness for now, but, but, but receive this. If that is Jesus' life, if, his, if this is his food, if this is what means he has eternal life, then it cannot be any different for us. For us to receive the life of God is not a, a us needing to do, it's not understanding a process, it's not... Um, um, us looking to the externals of things and trying to grab it. It's to receive who he is. And if it's a frustration, if there's a frustration there, do you know what that is? He's saying, turn from the frustration and recognize the hunger. Recognize the hunger. Realize that the one thing that your heart desires is for all of who he is to be your life. The ease of that. For all of who he is to be everything for you. Not because you've done this or that, but because you hunger for him and because his word to you is that he is given for you, for for your life, to be everything in you that you have always wanted. That in this very moment, you desire. In verse 57, Jesus says this. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, the one who eats me, he also will live because of me. 
I actually love this verse because so much gets caught up in, um, even in the actual passage, so much gets caught up in Jesus saying, you need to, you should, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood and what that means and, 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 and how we go about doing that and even just thoughts about the Lord's Supper and the sacrament and, and how me doing this particular thing is going to give me life. There's all of these, these weird um, false notions and in the simplicity of what Jesus is saying, is he's saying, this is my life. Look at me. Look where my life is, right? Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of him, he is my food. He is everything to me. I don't need to reach out and grab that for myself. In fact, I emptied myself and he's filling me, right? It's always the Father. God is giving of himself to his Son. In the same way, we are to eat of him. And we will live because of him. I think the reason why we can't receive it is because it's too easy. It's too easy. I, I, that's, that's all I can come to. It's too easy. To say... To say that, okay, when, when, with all the things that I'm struggling with, with all the things that, that the world is throwing at me, with all my circumstances, how can I live according to God's will? How, how can I have eternal life? How can I know that as I navigate this world, in every moment, as I step, as I make decisions, how can I know that in those decisions I will be feasting? Not, not, not hampered at every moment, not, not filled with doubt at every moment, whether he is our life, not, not struggling with, with everything that the world throws at you and that, that, that even the things within you throw at yourself. The doubts that come. How is it possible? What do I need to do? What are the disciplines? And yet Jesus says, believe, believe in me, believe in me. Can you believe that? Can you believe that tonight? Can you believe that every moment as things come to convince you otherwise and you rest, not try and battle those things that come, just rest in what he has said and who he is. Can you believe on him? Because that will be eternal life for you now. Eternal life knows no temporal constraints. It has nothing to do with time. You will know it in the moment. You can know that very thing now. For this reason, Jesus calls us to remember him in all of who he is and everything that he's done. The very will of the Father, his food, his eternal life being revealed in him just being as the Father is in him. Going to the cross, giving his very self for us to the uttermost. Can we receive him as simply as we eat and drink tonight?
I would say to you that you know that you hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know that you hunger and thirst to have all of who he is as your life. That's there. Now believe on him and be filled. Can you believe that? Believe that as we, as we come to communion, not because this is a thing to do, but because all of who he is is given and our eyes are on him. Think on this, this verse here, John 3, 34, as we come to communion, as we eat and drink together. Think on this. He whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. There's a filling and there's no measure. There's not a gradual filling. There's not a, a, a little dab. To the extent that you put your faith on him, you will know the filling without measure. So let's come. Let's come to him. Let me pray. Father, you are the giver. You're the giver of life. Everything that you had, all authority, all of who you are was given to your son for us that we would know the author of life, the one who does not withhold anything but gives of himself without measure. His going back to you, Father, is his giving of you, giving of your spirit to us that we may believe and know that you are God and not just a God in the outward circumstances, not just a God that, that is, that is um, fixing things on the outside or, or, or feeding us with food that spoils. By your grace, you do that to lead us to this one point where through cycles and cycles of life we would go, we're done with the food that perishes. We've worked with the sweat of our brow in so many different ways to achieve and to lay a hold of this. We've worked in ways that we've tried to convince ourselves aren't working. And yet, here you stand at the door and knock. We believe. We believe on you. Now, in this very moment, for all eternity, you speaking 2,000 years ago is you speaking to us right now at this very moment.
fill us eternally, even now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's do that. Let's let's stand. Uh, let's let's worship.